What's up, guys? This is Worldcast Podcast, Episode 5. My name's Chris. My name's Allie. And we're back. It's been a while. We did a thing. We went on vacation. It's something we don't ever do. Because we're always busy with, you know, school, work, life in general. Yep. So we basically said, you know what? To hell with it. Let's take a vacation. You know, we took our time. We went to Georgia. We had a lot of fun. Um, and we'll have a story time for y'all about that next time. Oh, man. That place was full of stories. <laughs> it was fun, though. Yeah. Um, over the time, we've thought about a lot of topics we wanted to discuss with you guys. This one was probably one of the more interesting ones that Allie found out. Yeah, I saw a post that said, would you ever um, publicize your Google searches? And after thinking about it for some time, I said, maybe not, because most of my searches are, how do I spell something, looking for restaurants near my location, simple stuff, you know, random Google topics. And then, you know, I thought, well, you know, sometimes I do Google some thought-provoking things. Yeah, my Google searches are mad boring. I'm not going to lie. I was going through them, and I'm like, geez, like where's DoorDash <laughs> or like how do how do I download this or just just some basic everyday stuff I did find some interesting things that I've searched up um but overall I my searches are basic but I feel like for some people it would be a very challenging thing to look at what do you mean like challenging to look at what you've searched I mean I I've seen like where people search for certain things and it's either really dumb or it's just like stuff that they know the answer to, or it's just basic stuff that is like, why are you even searching this up? Like, it's just weird, but it's kind of like how you use a calculator two plus two, just to make sure just, just gotta be sure, you know, <laughs> cause you know, cause two plus two could equal five one of these days. So just right. gotta make sure. <laughs> exactly. No, it's just one of those things where it's like, we have Google at our disposal. So it's like, you know, you can just get up and go look at stuff on Google without any repercussion of anyone thinking that hey, you're an idiot or something like that. Because I always feel that way. Could you imagine back when they didn't have Google and they had to go to, you know, the library to look at different books and see what some things were that they were looking for? And, you know, whoever's at the checkout desk sees what you're looking for and they're just like, ah, you stupid. You're so stupid. <laughs> but on Google, you know, you can only Google knows how stupid you are. <laughs> right. And Google won't judge you. Yeah. Instead, Google will help you exactly. find things according to what you're looking for. So I guess that makes it a little bit easier. Google in that will sense. even correct your spelling for you when you're trying to look for something. They're like, do, do you mean this? Like, <laughs> yeah, yes. Thank you, Google. Sometimes that could be a little bit annoying, though, because I feel like sometimes I'm trying to look for something specific mm-hmm. and it just throws me around the world before I actually find the thing that I'm actually looking for. It usually takes about 2.5 seconds, though, for it to readjust and actually find. But most of the time, it's pretty good about it. But what if you're like, I'm sure this is how this is spelled. And Google's like, no, it's not. (laughs) Dummy. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. You know, I'm pretty sure the people at Google are sitting there looking at your searches per year. And it's just like, dude, this is this is just bad. But that's what I wanted to talk about. I just want to talk about some random things that I uh, had recently Googled that I thought was interesting. One of them is, um, for example, I don't even remember why I searched this up, but I had searched uh, if dogs have knees. And hmm. short answer is yes, they do. Really? And I guess the reason that I searched that was because, you know, dogs don't have arms and legs. Well, they, ha- they have arms and legs, but if you think about it, they're on all fours. So technically, okay. they're just all legs. There's no arms, there's just legs. So I was trying to find out if their front paws when they bend, if that's an elbow or if that's a knee. 
because okay. elbows are for arms, right. but they're on all fours, so they're all feet. <laughs> okay. It, 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 am I making sense here? <laughs> You're making sense. So I found out that that's, that is their elbows in the front paws. And in the back, where they, when they sit down and that little curve comes around, they look like a little sphinx. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. that's their knees. They just have really big knees. Wow. I would actually would have never guessed that. Yeah. Because I always thought, I mean, I knew at some point that dogs, their like, paws, their back legs or whatever were connected to joints. But yeah, it's like. they got to bend. Yeah, obviously. But I, didn't, I never once considered that they had knees. I mean, I guess I shouldn't assume <laughs> that. You know what I mean? Like, it, I guess it would be really hard for them to be mobile without them. Exactly. So I guess that makes a lot of sense. But that's such a weird search. What made you want to search knees like on I dogs? Like I said, I don't remember. I think I was playing around with my dogs one day, and I just, I just wondered if they had knees. I don't know. That's the strangest thing I've ever <laughs> I mean, I guess it doesn't shock anyone, the fact that people look up the weirdest things on Google every day. So I'm pretty sure that's probably tame to the consideration of what you were looking for. But that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's weird. And you know, recently here in Florida, we just had our love bug, um, love bug season. Ugh. For some reason, you know, I feel like, I mean, it was bad, but it wasn't as bad as it's been before, at least in our location, because I didn't have them all smushed up in the front of my car. I feel like they're definitely more around where wooded and like, uh, I guess, na- nature-full ar- areas are. I mean, I usually see them like, on the turnpike or if we're going you know on a highway or something mm. or even if it's if it's in a, like a small neighborhood i'll see them but at some point i feel like they've gone away almost well yeah because they have their seasons they only come like maybe twice a year and um i think like they're pretty much gone right now they come around like the may and september times as, as what i found because yes i googled something about love bugs <laughs> hmm. i googled um i asked google why do love bugs stick together okay you know how their butts are stuck to one another right you remember back when they first started appearing or at least when we first noticed them a lot more they um there was a rumor that went around saying that they were man-made in a lab and they got released into the wild, and apparently they were supposed to eat mosquitoes. I, I heard so many different things, that they were man-made to eat mosquitoes and blah, 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 blah. So one landed on my window one day, and one of the love bugs that was attached to the other was smaller than the other one. So it made me think again, oh my gosh, is this how they clone themselves? Do they clone themselves out their butts? Because the one attached to it is smaller than the other one. It must be growing still. I don't think that's how it works. No. <laughs> so. I found out why they stuck together is because that's just how they mate. They mate with, well, their, yeah. with their butts attached. I didn't know that. I mean, I'm pretty sure they're kind of like roaches. They have mm, a high, nasty. Um, I guess, frequent rate of reproduction. So, yeah, I mean, I would assume that if they're tied together like that, that they're only mating and they're only continuing the same process that they've been doing since they were released into the wild because they are man-made. No, they're they not do certain, man-made. But they look like they no, are. No, I literally, what, that's what I'm telling you. When I Googled it, they are not man-made. That's they, a lie. No, it's no. A full, it's a full cover They up. come from Central America. That's where they come from. They're not man-made. They come from Central America. They literally 
migrate over so here. So you mean to tell me, okay, let's let's give the benefit of the doubt and say, okay, they're not man-made. They're Someone not. had to bring them here. It must have been some exotic animal crap that they were doing out there and they had to bring them over well, you know, and they just accidentally got released into the wild No, I if think they're not man-made they are not man-made you can google it yourself google never tells the whole truth but okay okay sure but <laughs> they um i feel like with all the the change in the weather and everything yeah. they just migrate here when it's hot you know because it's been getting like a hundred heat index in florida lately so they just come out here and this is where they mate but I actually also found out that they, um, they, the male, that when they're attached to the female, uh, can die while it's attached to the female, and the female will still be dragging him around until she lays her eggs. That makes a lot of sense, because I'll see some of them, they look lifeless as hell, mm -hmm. and they're just dragging them around, and I'm like, dude, what's going on? Like, you're carrying dead weight, literally, literally. carrying dead weight. Yep. That's wild. I never knew that. Maybe that's why some of them are small. Like some of the females choose to mate with smaller males because if they die in the process, you know, well, they they're more than 100 percent going to die because they stay stuck together until she lays her eggs. True. And then those babies get to be a male or female and die. That's pretty interesting. Although they're probably one of the most annoying bugs in Florida, aside from roaches, obviously. What? But. That's crazy. I didn't know that. I knew about the whole mating process, but I guess you kind of cleared that up with the whole man-made thing, even yeah. though I still feel like there's some slight they're not. misconception to that. I was wondering, but, hey. I was like, if they come from Central America, where do they live? Like, like, I never see anybody else other than Floridians posting about the love bug. You know, they always come out during this time of year. And so... I was just like, well, where do they live? And apparently they live in like whenever, I guess, grass is cut or whatever. They live in the grass area in Central America and they kind of just eat that and live in that. I don't know. It's I couldn't pull up too much, but that's what they are. They're not man-made. They're from Central America. But I feel America. like if it's in Central America, there's more trees and wildlife to be distributed mm. and it's vast so when you really look at something like that that's like seeing in australia i've seen spiders the size of my face in australia mm. and they just chill on people's windows and they're like all oh, right it's a spider <laughs> look at it on the wall there and they're just tapping it on the window oh. and i'm like dude if that was in florida i'd change locations my name shoot i would i would just it's scary to think that there's your things. name now dude i've seen some crazy stuff over there and it doesn't surprise me that these kind of bugs would come all the way from Central America. Is it Central or South? It's Central America they Central? come from. Okay, so Central America to come here and to, to migrate. But obviously, they had to have been attached to some cargo or somebody accidentally brought them here. To and have even usually... discovered us in the first place, you think? I believe so, because that's usually how most bugs are distributed. Because sometimes they get attached in cargo. Or sometimes people bring them here and they release them to the wild. With what intent, I don't know. But yeah, but then they go away after, uh, like you only see them in certain seasons. So yeah, they don't stay, they go away and come back. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, even though they don't have malice intent, because those bugs don't really do anything real bad they just reproduce really fast so annoying like it's not anything bad like locusts or anything that eat crops and like you have to 
be on high alert you know what i mean it's more so just one of those things that's a nuisance because they're all over the place yeah you know but it's interesting you know what i'm happy that they don't bite because if those things bit people would be eaten up like for real i think they would find a way to get rid of them faster if they bit to be honest with you that's true i mean where we'd come up with because like we have mosquito repellent sprays they would have to come up with a love bug repellent concoction side note while we're on bugs right now I just read an article that roaches are becoming immune to a lot of pesticides like Raid and all the big name ones. I heard about that. That is so scary to know that. They can't be allergic to this slipper, though. (laughs) (laughs) Your days are numbered, roaches. (laughs) But that's interesting. I, I didn't know that a lot about love bugs. That's cool. Yeah. All right, Chris, let's hear one of your topics. Let's go. Um, like I told you, <laughs> my shit is real boring, but there is one thing I looked up and when I went back in my long history of nothingness, I did find a, a search that I made. Um, why do we get ashy? Me okay. as a young black male, <laughs> I, I get ashy a lot. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate. Yeah. You know, and then I wondered, I said, well, do people with lighter skin get ashy i answered this for you but i had to get confirmation i had to see like what the reasoning was obviously i knew people with lighter skin got ashy but it's like obviously there's a skin difference so obviously it's seen more on me than yours well because okay so every i feel like in my opinion everybody gets ashy. everybody gets dry skin yeah you sometimes see it very well on yes. lighter skin people like myself. I've had a few dry skin patches you can see very clearly. But on people with darker skin, obviously you're going to see the dry, dead skin that flakes off white on the darker skin. Right. But the thing is, it's, I, I looked it up because I, I knew it was because of dry skin. But that's actually because like even once you get out the shower, that moisture is being sucked out of your, hmm. your pores, like out of your skin. So it's like now that your the air has hit you, you're first of all, it depends on what kind of soap you use, which I've noticed that too. If there's no soap that doesn't re-moisturize your body or add that 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 oil that was taken off of you when you took a shower, mm-hmm. it basically renders your skin dry, which leaves you more prone to to acne, um, itchy skin, you know, stuff like that. So I thought that was pretty interesting that even as soon as you walk out of the shower, because I expect you know, even though you water hit you, like if I never dried my, let's say I, I washed my body and I never dried any of it and I just walked out, it self dries. But even with that added moisture on there, it still gets sucked into the air and basically leaves my skin like Arizona. Wow. And I'm just sitting there flaking like crazy. So I thought it was interesting that even with all that, even with just taking a shower and, and rinsing and doing all that stuff, it's you still need an added coat of moisture yeah. to add that on, which is pretty cool. I mean, granted, I get ashy. It's, it's normal. That's normal life. But, hey. You know, I wonder why people get ashy in more, like, in certain areas more than other areas, like elbows, ankles, and stuff like that. Because, you know, you would think some people, you know, hands especially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I would think, okay, hands and I'm feet make sense. I'm big on the hands. Sense. Yeah, the hands one is like, dude. But, I can't do it. But my thing is, hands and feet make sense. You're using your hands all day, touching everything. You're walking on your feet all day. They yeah. get tired. But what makes your elbows? Well, get you have to understand ashy? too the 
the density of the skin on your elbows and places where it bends because if you ever see your fingers mm. you have that extra added skin so you can bend your hands and bend your joints it's kind of like those areas have that added skin so it makes it more easier to get dry or ashy think, what some people would say do you think that when you're bending your skin uh, or like bending your elbow mm -hmm. the skin is rubbing against itself so much that it causes its own ash I, honestly i don't know but i do believe that because it's added skin and there's an extra like extra layers of skin you need extra moisture to make sure that that is kept you know like lubricated not like dry or like you get that extra you know what i mean you get like itchy patches here and there like on the elbows but it's just more so a maintenance thing that you take care of you just moisturize daily and that's pretty much it it's not more to it but i it sounds stupid but for a long time i didn't know why we got ashy i just thought that it's just your skin was dry and that was it i didn't think that I mean, the moisture gets sucked out of the you know your pores and added into the air when yeah. Even when you're fresh out the shower, so I thought it was pretty dope. It's like getting a sunburn. You're you're getting toasty basically, and all your moisture's gone. So you have all this dead skin, yeah, because of it, because all the moisture's gone. Speaking of sunburn, I read another thing oh. that you can use shaving cream to put on your sunburns. <gasps> I saw that to keep it cool, which is pretty interesting. I saw that, and apparently it helps get rid of the sunburn quicker than like aloe gel or something. Yeah, I I don't know how true. Well, I mean, the I was looking at the properties of the shaving cream. It has cooling elements in it that so seep, like razor burns, right? Yeah, that seep deeper into the pores of the skin than aloe does, because aloe kind of just coats the skin. Hmm. It doesn't really like get in the pores and makes it, you know. And it's weird, but it's possible that that can get rid of it. Only certain shaving creams have that, because like they never said what brand of shaving cream they use. Did they just say any shaving cream? Honestly, it was a shaving cream that has specific element in it. I can't really remember what it was because it was a post I only seen once. But I want to say maybe anything with that um, razor burn protection yeah, type of thing, because you know burn might help with the sunburn. And you know, they they all I saw from that post was a, a picture of a lady with a sunburn. They put the shaving cream on her, and the next picture was her completely fine. But they didn't say how oh, how long how long it took yeah. for that. Yeah, that's the only thing about the internet too. It's like false information, very vague stuff. So you don't even know certain things. It's like, well, is that possible? Then watch someone go use shaving cream and then completely fuck their back up, and they're just going to the hospital. It's like, okay, let's not do that. So I think it really just depends, honestly. But yeah, those are the kind of things I look up on Google. I mean, that was interesting. <laughs> you know, I, I'm proud of you <laughs> for, for having an interesting i went really far back like this was all the way back from march so i had to really delve deep into my google searches because i really don't be looking at weird stuff like that but well, i do yeah you have a lot more time on your hands though i don't i i wouldn't say i have a lot more time on my hands i just have a more curious mind i want to say yeah that's fair you know that thing in the back of your neck it's called a uvula for anyone who doesn't know. A what? A uvula. Are you talking about in your throat? That thing that dangles in the back of your throat? Oh, you mean the little... Um, the little dangly dangle. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's called a uvula, but when I was younger, me and my brother didn't know what it was called. Okay. So we called it a gobble because it looked like that thing hanging on a turkey's neck. <laughs> but I, I've always, always wondered, and I finally sat down and actually Googled this. What is the purpose of a uvula? What is the purpose of that dangly thing in the That's back of your question. neck? That's a good question. So in the process of finding out, I found that the uvula is, the, uh, is one in, in only five places of our bodies that when you touch it, it can trigger your gag reflex. Oh. Everything else is like, you know, the back of your tongue, the roof of your mouth, you know, your tonsils, stuff all up in your mouth that can trigger a gag reflex. Which makes me wonder, how come some people don't have a gag reflex? Like, are their nerves dead in those areas? Maybe it's just the person doesn't feel that, that same thing that everyone else does. Because, like, some people can eat food, even food that's disgusting, mm-hmm. and they won't have a gag reflex. Do you think that has something to do with gag reflex or, or the taste buds? Maybe their taste buds are dead. Maybe the taste buds, but it could be that the person just does. Like, let's say you're choking on something, right? Like food or whatever. And you don't have that gag reflex. It's just an immediate just blah, just takes the food out versus someone who eats something and it goes a little bit too far down. That little thing, the uvula, indicates to the person, hey, man, you didn't chew your food yet. <laughs> and just has them, you know, gag it up and Have you ever took it. the back of your tongue and just kind of like pressed it lightly against the uvula and you can feel like, like you want to gag, you know? My tongue doesn't go that far back. No, no, no. I'm not, take, I'm not talking about the tip of your tongue to the back of your uvula. I'm talking about bringing the back of your tongue and you know how to thicken your tongue and like raise it up like that. Why am I trying this right <laughs> now? This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but I've never done that. But okay, that's good to know that. Anyways. Tested that out. <laughs> I found out that the purpose of the, the uvula is actually to help keep the throat lubricated because it has um it produces like some a thin saliva so that you don't like choke on it oh but it just keeps your throat like lubricated you know okay to pass food down and everything yeah to pass food down to swallow to be able to speak without a dry throat stuff like that Hmm. but um i also found out that there's research i don't know if it's research but there's some people who thinks that it helps with um speech it helps with how you speak because uh, it's connected to your, you know, your nasal cavity. So when you're pronouncing certain words, you can hear a, uh, uh, like yeah. a different, a different infliction, I guess. Yeah. On when you pr- pronounce certain words. Oh yeah, but... everything. I feel like everything in the body has a purpose, mm-hmm. even if it's very minute. Um, it's like okay, well, I didn't know that that had that whole reasoning behind it. I just thought it was just there. As a part of like your tonsils or something. I didn't really think it had any real purpose. Because whenever I see it, it's like, okay, it's just there. I know it's there, but I don't know what for, you know? I mean, I also found out that it's, um, it helps to, when you swallow uh, food and, and drinks, yeah, to keep it from going into your nasal cavity. It's connected to the soft palate in the roof of your mouth. So when you swallow, it covers the nasal cavity and just pushes the food down to your throat so you don't get it up in your nose so it's a natural lifesaver exactly so that's why i'm like there's sometimes people will swallow something maybe too quickly before it'll pop out and it'll come out your nose yeah like before you can even uh before you can even like swallow properly and it has time to cover your nasal cavity yeah it just goes up your nose hmm that's true though because the nose cavity is connected 
straight down to the throat because like when you get sick you get mucus mm-hmm. and okay yeah that makes sense wow yeah but i also i was wondering if you could get the uvula removed since it's such an important part of your mouth mm-hmm. and it turns out that you can because some people have really long uvulas that kind of just like yeah hang get there. in the way yeah and it can cause problems with like uh breathing and like your breathing gets obstructed and there's too much vibration when you snore yeah. So you can get it either completely taken off or just slightly, like a, a piece of it taken off. Yeah. Because regardless, the top palate of your mouth is still going to move. You just won't have a uvula. <laughs> hmm. But I feel like taking that out would just, unless you have an issue it would be with pointless. it, it would be pointless. You know, some people get that pierced. What? Yeah. Some people get their uvula pierced. I don't know why. And how in the hell does that even happen? I don't know how you don't gag from that because, you know, a gag reflex. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is it one of those, like, bull nose ones? Or is it, like, the little pe- like the little pin? I don't, I, I don't know if it's a bar that they put in there or if it's, like, a what? little, like, almost like a, a stud or something in there. I have no idea. Now I'm confused. I didn't even want to Google images. I just read it and I was <laughs> like, ugh. That's just... <laughs> That's wild. I think, you know, that doesn't surprise me because I feel like nowadays people are going further and further in the extremes with piercings and tattooing their eyeballs. Mm -hmm. So I'm not surprised, really. And I don't know why I should feel surprised about that. But that just seems like a very odd place where no one's going to see it for you to get pierced in. I mean, hey, you know, some people don't see nipple rings, but they still get it pierced. Yeah, but that seems like it has a purpose. What's the purpose of a nipple ring? I don't know. Maybe that's just a kink for some people. I mean... Fair enough. Or some people just like the way it looks. I mean, I don't know. But who's going to really sit there and say, yo, man, take a look at my uvula. I just got this thing pierced. Be like, ah, like, <laughs> check it out. Like, dude, like, what are you doing? You know? But that's, that's strange. That's definitely strange. You but... know what's strange? I also found out that only humans and some species of baboons have uvulas. No other animal does. Well, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Dogs don't have it. Snakes obviously don't have it. I don't see the purpose of a snake having it. Yeah, I don't see why a snake would have. But you know, you're right. It does make sense because I thought about it. I was like, well, when dogs, you know, their nose cavity is connected to their, you know, throat as well. Why don't they have a uvula to like kind of keep their throat lubricated and and cover the nose and and whatever? But because, you know, they said that it helps with our speech. Which I get because we make different sounds and pronounce things differently. Exactly. Dogs have different barks. Yeah, but their voice box comes from a different, it's like a different setup. We don't have the same setup. Are you sure? I'm pretty much 100% sure. I can bark just like a dog. You can't bark as deep. (laughs) (laughs) You can't bark as deep as a dog because a dog, when it barks, it has like a whole, like its whole body gets into it like its lungs and everything get you're just into sitting it. there like woof <laughs> uh roof like, I'm, it I'm not sound really genuine. about to bark on this mic though <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sound genuine it just sounds like you're just lazily barking and i mean in a way you know it gives yours gives you more room to talk and like have speech and pronounce a certain oh, thing or i just thought of something know. i'm so sorry what if dogs did have uvulas and then they could actually talk to no, us they definitely wouldn't be able to talk are you sure 100 because they can understand us maybe they'll pick up on speech like babies when they're picking up on speech i mean 
there are certain dogs I've seen like videos where they almost sound like they're talking, but they're just mimicking your sound. I really don't think that I don't. I'm honestly I don't know. I can't. I haven't tried it, but I don't think that would be a focal point into dogs talking. That would be kind of strange, but cool at the same time because you then you know what they're thinking. But I don't know, man. Hey. Can't say no to science. I'm against animal testing, but if somebody put a uvula in a dog and tried to teach it how to talk, that would be a little interesting. I'd sign up for that. No, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'd sign up to go see it in no. person. Like That'd to be, see the talking to dog? To see the talking dog. Oh, okay. I, was like, I don't condone testing on animals at all. No. I think it's pretty fucked up, but I think, you know, to see a dog talk and have like a, a one-on-one conversation... They're pretty dope. If dogs could talk, what do you think they would even tell us? They probably tell us how stupid we are. Probably. And <laughs> that we know what they're saying, but you know, we just t- keep talking in baby voices to them and they prefer us to stop. <laughs> <laughs> they're just like, "I have a brain. <laughs> talk to me like a normal person." <laughs> yeah, it's that's um that's different. That's definitely different. But, I mean, hey. I literally, aside from what I looked up, you know, since we're on the topic about monkeys and us sharing the same uvulas, I looked up who would win in a fight, a oh. gorilla or a lion. Hear me out, though. Mm-hmm. A gorilla is, is a pretty dominant figure in nature right so is a lion and so though, is a king lion. of the jungle you know what i'm right. saying but i think it would be so badass to see a gorilla versus a lion obviously i believe the gorilla would win hands down i think so is it because of king kong beating the dinosaur no <laughs> not at all actually but i'm just saying because there's different qualities to a gorilla that can actually win in a fight against a lion like, if you really see a gorilla, it has two big-ass hands <laughs> Even to start off. Even its feet have thumbs, doesn't it? That, too. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, what else could you really, like, look into other than that? You know, you have the lion who, yes, okay, they, they're faster, but they work better in packs, I believe. Lion and when it comes to hunting... The females really hunt more the than The females a, really well, hunt more than a male. If you're looking the, at a male figure, it's, there's no way. I feel like the females definitely, they definitely hunt more than the males, but the males have the body mass and power to actually take down the kill. I think the females are more so like, it's a group effort and they tire the prey out and then the guy comes in for the kill. You feel me? But I mean, yeah, that's fair. But at the same time, I feel like a gorilla has the power to actually knock out a lion. I will say gorillas are very determined. Like they are. they they are the protectors of their family, like mm-hmm. for real. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like I know that lions don't have thumbs, but their claws can sink in pretty deep. But a, a and gorilla get a good grip on you. Like I mean a grown like big gorilla. Like I feel like those are so strong. Named Darnell. <laughs> and his name is probably Darnell. <laughs> and he probably grew up in Crenshaw, but he was <laughs> But he's in there attacking this lion. Like, I can't see a lion beating a gorilla. Like, to me, it's like, it's impossible. You know what I mean? Like, they'll get a couple licks in, maybe a few bites here and there, clawing, scratching. But unless the lion goes for the jugular, there's no real way. Like, you'll get stomped out by a gorilla. 
Like, I mean, yeah, the kill is at the jugular, but you can still lose a lot of blood in a fight against the lion. I'm true. just saying. But I feel like the gorilla is more resilient in that sense. You think so? A gorilla would go out swinging before yeah. it dies. Like, I've, I've seen a couple things on Animal Planet to know that a gorilla is very, very resilient to pain most of the time. Like, they're kind of like us. When it comes to adrenaline, their adrenaline is high. So when they're in a fight or they're being aggressive, they're high on adrenaline. Once that adrenaline comes down, then they'll die. But that adrenaline kicks in for them, and they're just in there just swinging and attacking whenever it comes down to it. A lion, I could see it as speed-wise, yes. A lion would win when it comes down to speed. And I think it also depends on the environment. You know, I don't think lions are that fast. I think they're, oh, they're stronger fast. than anything. They're not faster than a cheetah, but well, of course not. They're Body they're mass. pretty fast when they're when they're locked onto their target. Granted, they are more tired when it comes to putting in a lot of yeah. They get work. tired very quickly. They get tired quickly, and I believe that a lion would lose momentum in a fight faster than a gorilla. A gorilla can be agile because, for one, aside from using their hands to attack, they can use their hands and feet to move around. And they have teeth, too. They have teeth as well, but a gorilla can, can get on all fours and move around, or they can be Put on... Put the lion in a headlock, That's you know? what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> and then just go full Donkey Kong on them, and, and that's it, you know? But there were a lot of mixed results, but a lot of things I saw was, okay, it all depends on the environment also. Okay, I, I get that because, you know, gorillas are more so of a jungle environment. They right. know how to get around the trees. They know how to get around the, the soft floors and everything. As far as a lion, you see them more in, like, the dry areas with the, the open plains so that they don't have so many obstacles to avoid. It's just a straight shot. They just run straight to who they need to run to versus trying to maneuver around a bunch of trees in a forest. So I guess I can see where you know the different planes makes sense gorilla might be better maneuvering in one area and the lion in another yeah i mean but let's say we're on an even playing field though right like a like a a dry-ish forest like not so many trees so there's not too much of an obstacle yeah. but the ground is not as soft so the lion can kind of get grip and run around who would win then i still feel like a gorilla could hold its own now if a lion was in a pack or was like with one or two lions, the gorilla wouldn't stand a chance. Maybe it might. Who knows? I mean, who knows? I've seen a bear take on like three hyenas at once, so I could be wrong. But a bear and a lion and a gorilla, sorry, there are two different things, you know? Yeah. A gorilla, yes, it has that manpower, but I don't think it could sustain a lot of damage, you know? I'm sorry. I'm thinking about that bear video you showed me earlier. <laughs> That guy was wrong. Okay. He kicked the bear. He kicked a bear. Okay, this guy was in a forest, and he saw a bear walking, minding its own business. First of all, why was this guy even in the Amazon? So he's walking, and I'm like, why is this guy getting close to this bear? The bear's minding its own business, yeah. doing the bear necessities, the, just like that, right? Just doing yeah. his thing. And he jumps and kicks the bear, and the bear turns around. Kind of looks, looks. Looks both ways to make sure nobody's looking. And chases him. <laughs> and then I'm watching the video trying not to laugh because I'm like, why? Like, why? I feel like the bear, because the bear literally looked left and right. And I think the bear was like, did he just, I know he didn't just kick me. <laughs> He's like, I'm trying to see who the hell you think you're messing with. <laughs> Yo, that bear was on his ass. And he was, at that point, the video finished uh... with just the phone flying everywhere. So I'm assuming <laughs> he either, one, dropped the phone and ran away, or two, got eaten. Oh, my God. 
goodness. Ridiculous. Well, it got re-uploaded, so I'm assuming <laughs> I'm assuming he's alive. But that was just so wild. Like I've never seen that before. Lesson is stop messing with animals. <laughs> For real. It's it you won't win. And it makes no sense, especially if you're a human. So what else you got for me, Allie? I have, let's see. So I, I, I don't think it happens to you, but it happens to me. Okay. Um, yawning. I mean, you yawn, obviously. I mean, I mean yes. Listen, listen. Yawning <laughs> is a very normal thing. Continue. <laughs> That's not what I mean. Yawning uh, being a contagious thing. Okay. Sometimes when people are yawning around me, I get it very, very, very quickly. I'm just like, oh, like, and maybe it's just me being tired and it's just like seeing someone else yawn is making me, I don't know what the science is behind it, but I feel like whenever I yawn around you, you don't really yawn. You just kind of, maybe you stifle it. I don't know. I'm pretty resistant to the chain of yawning, mm. but I do understand that it's, it's like one of those things in your brain that triggers it. Yeah, so that's that's what I, I, I googled, why is yawning contagious? And a really popular theory about it is that it's related to empathy and that people who have higher level levels of uh, empathy tend to yawn more when someone else yawns. Hmm. So maybe I just have more empathy than you. Possibly. I'm probably a stone-cold, heartless man they with said, no empathy. They said that <laughs> people um, who have you know, more empathy on yeah. more than people who are on the lower end of the scale or someone with mental disorder. So maybe you have a mental disorder and that's why you don't yawn when other people yawn. Watch out, Ellie. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I don't know. Like, I don't feel the need to yawn when someone else yawns. Every once in a while, though, I'll catch myself. Like, if somebody yawns, like a big one, maybe. it's like my brain will just be like, hey, yo, man, it's time to yawn. And then I'm just yawning. And so maybe you're really tired that day. It's possible. Or just I just feel the need to let the air out of my body and just kind of rejuvenate over and over again. Oh no. We're talking about yawning and I'm literally yawning right now. You're not gonna get me this time, Allie. You tried it though. <laughs> you're gonna get it. You tried it now. We're gonna keep talking about it. You're gonna get it's yawned. It's not gonna happen. But they also said that it has something to do um with an area of the brain that's responsible for your motor function, like your mobility, I guess. Yeah. And they said that it could be overactive. So maybe, maybe there's just a lot of people with o- overactive motor cortexes and whatnot. Brain is working overtime. <laughs> but they said um, yawning isn't unique to just humans. You could yawn around like your dog. Even They've even done studies of chimpanzees um, yawning around a chimpanzee. And they're susceptible to this phenomenon called echo phenomenon, which is kind of like it's kind of like what it is in the name echo like you okay. it's you repeat the action that is done in front of you almost hmm. um but they still don't have it down to an exact science as to why a yawn spreads from person to person or animal to animal it just it just happens hmm. i feel like i feel like that's true with viper because viper will yawn and I'll be, he'll be sitting on the couch, like, you know how he sits on the top of the couch? Mm-hmm. And as soon as he yawns, he'll yawn right next to my ear. He'll get real close and just <laughs> yawn. And I'm like, <laughs> like, and then it just sets me off. And I'm like, great, now I'm yawning and now I'm tired because he looks tired. Aww. You know, but I mean, I guess you're right in a way that that does happen. 
Um, I can't stop yawning. Help. <laughs> <laughs> See what you've done, Allie. <laughs> I triggered it for myself. You triggered it. Now even, your brain won't stop. <laughs> even talking about this yawning thing, just like you didn't even yawn, and I'm talking about it. I'm just yawning now, and I'm not. I can't stop. <laughs> Lack of empathy. But that's the weird thing, though. Um, another thing that I googled along with it is, um, why do I fight my sleep? I don't know about anybody else but i have a hard time going to sleep even if i am dead tired yeah my body's tired my eyes are tired but my mind is racing and i can't go to sleep so i said okay well why do i fight my sleep maybe there's some chemicals that are you know imbalanced in my brain or whatever the case may be there's not a lot of i guess there's not a straight answer for it a lot of it is um, mismanaged time before bed. Like if you are just like, oh, I should have done this before I went to bed and I should have done that before I went to bed. Maybe that's just on your mind keeping you up. But it sucks because it can affect your overall health not getting enough sleep. And everybody knows this. Yeah. It can also lead to, I guess, I didn't know this, but I found out medical conditions like diabetes, obesity, depression, uh, reduce your quality of life. You can die sooner. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. I'm just like, okay. And then, you know, of course, you know, accidents, you might fall asleep behind the wheel or something. I do find that I go to sleep later and later. Like it's my body feels tired and I feel tired, but I will literally sit there on my phone and watch like, you know, videos on YouTube or just try to find a way to put myself to sleep. And I know I'm tired. Like I can feel that I'm tired. But it just doesn't register. It's like my brain knows it. My body knows it. My eyes know it. But it's like they'll give me this burning sensation like you need to go to sleep. And as soon as I close my eyes, I can't sleep. You can't shut it down. And it's like, dude, you're giving me all the qualities and the signs of wanting to go to sleep. But I just don't have that at the moment. There's different research out there that says that they're trying to pinpoint to why this happens. And they're saying some is saying that it's, I guess, let me see the word psycho psychophysiological that's a mouthful yep um <laughs> and saying that once the cycle starts you can't stop it it's hard to get out of that cycle so i'm mm. like well my mom told me i've always fought my sleep since i was like a kid you and your sleep squaring up yes exactly exactly at 12 you throw in the gloves <laughs> <laughs> but that's my thing though they're saying that the reason that you can't fall asleep is because you have things on your mind that oh you should have done this before going to bed what what did I have on my mind at two years old that I should have done before bed? Why was I fighting my sleep then? I don't know. You could ask two-year-old <laughs> Allie that question. I don't know what else to do. I was like, it doesn't make any sense to me. I can understand if you just recently started having sleep problems. Yeah. But if this has been a thing since you were young, what is the science behind it? And, you know, they actually looked a little bit more, uh, further, and they said that it has something to do with a part of your brainstem called the dorsal rafe nucleus. And they're saying, and, and it has something to do, it's the part of the brain that has uh, something to do with producing serotonin and other brain chemicals. Hmm. And they said that damage to the area can cause daytime sleepiness and, you know, sleepless nights and stuff. But they're not sure, like, how exactly. They know that it can, they just don't know what is, like, maybe if there's a chemical not being produced enough or being produced too much. I have no idea. That's weird. Yeah. So I. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a little brain damaged. <laughs> hey, you said it, not me. But hey, that's that's pretty wow. interesting. <laughs> wow. Okay. 
you, I mean, you thought I was a serial killer because I, I didn't yawn when everybody else did. So either a serial killer or maybe you got a mental disorder. I don't know. Hey, you know, man. it's tough out here, yawning and stuff. But hey, you know that just happens. You know, but I think I, honestly, I think you just have an overactive brain. That's probably just it. You know, I think that's what it is. I think that I just think too much and. I don't know. That that's just that. I have a lot on my mind constantly, always, and I don't know how to stop it. I'm always thinking, and that's why I Google weird things like this. <laughs> hey, I mean, I don't Google a lot of weird stuff, but I think it's interesting to always jump outside of that box and try to find different things that you want to know. Very true. But on that note, I have a quote of the day for y'all. Oh, here we go. You don't like my quotes? I do. I like your quotes. Where do you find them, by the way? I don't know where you find them. Just online. Instagram, Facebook. Floating in the internet airspace. Floating floating up there. So I found this one. I thought it was nice. Quote of the day is, Accept what is, let go of what was, and have faith in what will be. Hmm. Sound real philosophical right there. That's right. Let me find out you got your... uh... Got your master's in finding things on Google. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. Nice. All right, guys. We're going to wrap this one up. It was nice getting back on here, talking to you guys again. We're I missed gonna, it. I missed it a lot. Yeah, we're definitely going to keep coming back with more episodes. Um, be sure to follow us on our Instagram page, at Swirlcast. And uh, be on the lookout. We're going to be posting more soon. All right, guys. It's going to be Chris signing off. Allie signing out. And we'll see you guys later. Peace.